0: Welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Eric Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. This is part B or part uh, two of the interview we did with Pat Hurst and I as we sat down to discuss spiritual formation and uh, as we've been going through the training competencies. And as I shared, as the microphone kind of switches, and Pat is the host asking the questions, and and I'm trying to come up with, with answers. And um, it has been a... Uh, a fun time for me just to be on the other side of the microphone, and we're going to go ahead and jump into the second part of the second part of this interview. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go.
1: Uh, Aaron, I've uh, in these podcasts, and as I've listened to them, and as I've known you over the years. Um, uh, you're, you're a transparent, uh, person and, uh, authenticity is something that, uh, that you value in your life. And so, um, what does, from your perspective, what does authentic living, uh, look like, uh, as we live out our, our calling in the African context?
0: I think Pat, um, this is another area I'm really learning and growing in. And, um, one, um, two people from learning, I'd let, Troy and Melissa Haas have learned a ton from them and um, continue to learn from both of them. I guess I got to a point probably about eight or nine, probably about eight eight or nine years ago that I was tired of being a faker. And um, I I didn't, I just felt like I'm I'm faking. And um, I think Melissa Haas calls it um, the plastic fantastic. And in realizing that, that, I was becoming more and more isolated because I was putting on this exterior. I'm a performer. Um, I I, I like to achieve. I, I, I know that's part of 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 who of my personality. But I just got to a point that I was tired of being a faker. And um and then I realized there's actually more people out there that are that are faking too. It's not just me. And um and so I think that's what moved me continue trying to move me from this idea of, of just faking it, but to be authentic and not in the right place in the right time. And, you know, I mean, I'm not in, in with, with, um, with discretion and with discernment, but I do think, uh, the more we can share our stories, um, it allows people to see that, um, I, I've not run into too many perfect people yet um and uh not any and so but I just think that's when it comes down for me and I think the other part of it pat when it comes i got i'm I've seen over the years specifically here in in Madagascar, people come and people leave, and people mm-hmm. come with a vision that God had given them, left wherever their country was, left with what they 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 were coming, and then the enemy coming in. And, um, and I just got tired of seeing people, um, leave hurt, leave d- d- their families divided. There, there, all these different things going on. Um, and I just felt God saying, well, if you continue the faking and you continue putting on this plastic fantastic thing, how are they going to know that you struggle with the same type things? You know what I mean? And, um, and I think one of the big things is when it comes to our, our sexual health, um, you know, I grew up in a family, um, Great mom and dad. And then you get, I went to Bible school and, but we just, we didn't really want to talk about that part of life because it made everybody feel awkward and it still makes people feel squirmy and awkward. And I know that, but I've seen so many people come, men come, with loving their wife and end up with loving some other wife, uh, somebody else's wife, and a woman coming and, and and loving her husband and end up loving somebody else's husband or some other those things, and um, the reality of it is, I think we minimize the struggle that that we all, you know, there's, I I say often that the the book, Every Man's Battle, it's not most men's battle, not some guys battle, not a few guys battle. It says every man's battle. And I think he chose the title for that um, for a reason that we do um, struggle with it. And people will say, when we talk about sexual health and people say, well, that's not me. Uh, that's not me and and that's not me that's and i struggle with that because maybe their people were perfect and that they and maybe i need to learn from them but i do think it's something that um that um that we need to to walk and not minimize um the pain that we have experienced and um some of the pain that we're struggling with now you know i i've Worked with with guys and, and, and their wives um, that, you know, have been hurt by their infidelity or maybe it's a virtual infidelity on, on watching something on the Internet or maybe it's a, an actual physical thing. But man, the pain of that is 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 deep and the enemy takes advantage of that. And, um, and so for, for people, I, you know, just have a real desire, um, in the church. I think sometimes we've not done so well with this either when, when, um, uh, you know, I'll speak from a man's point of view, cause I, I know guys, uh, probably, well, I know them better than I females, but, um, guys, the guy does something and the wife ends up hurt. And then we kind of place a little bit of blame on the woman and say, if she was more like this, this, and this, he wouldn't have had to do this, this, and this and da, 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 da. And um, just really have a heart and not minimize. Um, And then maybe there's somebody that's listening as you're getting ready to go to the field. And um, there's some painful things in your past, man, I would just encourage you if you could Uh just to to allow the, take this time to allow, um, to begin the healing process. And allow God to provide healing into that your hurt and your pain are real um, and um and God the only thing I know f- to provide for healing for that is is um is God you know I think it was Richard Rohr said that pain that is is not transformed is transmitted, so pain that is not transformed is yeah. transmitted, and so if we don't allow God to bring that transformation of the pain in, in our, and that has happened. Then we get to the field, and we, we just transmit that pain onto others, and that might yes. be our that might be our kids, that might be the national church, that might be who a team, whoever. But we end up transmitting that pain if we've not began the process to heal. Um, and you know that's what member cares for. Um, Butch and Pam Fry do a phenomenal job when it comes to member care and um, to walk through some of those pains. And I, I would just say that is the enemy wants us to minimize those. Um, those pains. But I do think um, that those that we we, want to fight for each other, um, mm-hmm. we, need to, we need to maximize our honesty and maximize our transparency. And so, um, you know, we seem we seem to think that secrets will protect us. If I keep this a secret from my team leader, if I keep this a secret from, from these people that somehow that's going to, but that comes back to the faking and the plastic fantastic. But if, if we are saying, you know what, um, I'm not going to allow these secrets to owe me anymore. I'm going to walk through a healing process and allow God to bring, um, I just think it's it's valuable Um, if and those are things that I've learned. um, And moving to be be being honest and not putting a spin. You know, I think that's one thing, Pat. I've learned is is I I know I've grew up in the church and I know how to take a, a struggle and kind of spiritualize it and put a spin on it to make it seem a little bit better than it really was, rather than to saying, you know what my eyes aren't bouncing the way they should. And, um, but I could say, well, you know, and we spin it. And then the enemy, I think he really takes advantage of that. And then, and not, and and I think the other thing that the enemy will do is not minimizing our struggles and our hurts to be honest and transparent. Like I said, with discernment, with discretion, with who we're sharing it with, obviously we're not going to find a five-year-old kid and, and be honest and transparent with our whole life and our whole life story with honesty and with discretion. Um, and then the other thing Pat I think when it comes to this being um being being honest and transparent is 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 not admitting the facts. You know, I would admit key facts from a story, just like I can make a story better. I can also make a story sound better than it really was by admitting key little facts, words he said, these things, and and admitting those facts. And it decreases the the, the value of being honest and transparent and allowing that healing to take um, place. And, um, and then the other thing I think when it comes to spiritual formation, Pat, is, I've spent a lot of my life focusing on symptoms and not focusing on the real problem or real, the real heart problem. Um, I think CS Lewis said, um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase in some form of what he said. So, so par- sorry for the paraphrase, but he said, when we try to meet, um, spiritual needs by physical, let me, let me, I wrote it down here. When we seek on a physical level, what only can be found on a spiritual level, we set ourselves up for endless cycles of despair Um, desperation and bondage. So when you seek on a physical level, what only could be found on a spiritual level, we set ourselves up for endless cycles of despair, desperation and bondage. And I think that's what's led me to say, you know what, I don't want to be desperation and despair and and in bondage anymore. I'm going to try to be authentic the best I can. And maybe in some way that will help one or two people. I, I think the other thing, Pat, is I got tired of living in shame. Um, you know, the the shame is what shame is. Um, I'm bad. I'm I'm a horrible person. Not the thing. Guilt is, you know, maybe something I do is wrong, but this this idea of living in shame. And um, and, and Brene Brown said, you know, I think she said, uh, pain is the intense belief that we're all flawed and unworthy of love, acceptance, and belonging you know, living in authenticities allow me to say that, you know what, I am worthy for people that they, because of what Jesus has done in my life, not Aaron saying, but what Jesus has done in my life, uh, people can love me. I can love other people. I can be accepted because of what he's done, not because of who I am. And I can belong in a community of Christ because of what he's done in my heart. And, um, he's done in my life. And, um, the, the reality of it is, I think when it came to this, if I, if I continue to fake it, um, then I'm not, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to be able to live in joy. I'm just going to be a frustrated, irritated and discouraged person. And, and, and then I'm going to begin to lose hope. And I just said, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I just I'm going to be authentic. And it, it makes some people feel uncomfortable. Some people don't necessarily, uh, are not, a, you know, they don't like it. But at the end of the day, it's just a decision I had to make for myself um, that I don't want to be a faker. I don't want to get to the end of the thing. And I don't want my kids to say about me or Heather to say about me was, wow, you, heard, you thought he was like this, but we really knew him. You know, I would much rather testimony of my my wife and kids to say you knew him, but actually he was better than what you knew not the other way. And Correct. the way, the path I was on is there was an external exterior that was a good faking, but it wasn't, but my family and my kids, they would, they'd said, ah, but you really didn't know him. He was, that was all a big act. I didn't want, I don't want to be that person. You know, what I mean, I want to walk in freedom. I, I want to walk in freedom. Troy Haas says, you know, five things of walking in freedom. Walking in freedom means that I no longer act out in ways that, that are hurtful to myself, God, and the people I love. The second thing he said when it comes to walking in freedom means that, that, um, that um, my, my desires are not the things that drive me. And they're not my desires are not what the first thing I think in the morning and the last thing I think about before I go to bed. He talks about walking freedom means I'm no longer dragging around the weight of guilt, shame and regret. I didn't want to be a person dragging around weights of shame, guilt and regret. Um, He talked about um, walking freedom means that I enjoy authentic relationships with God and others because I'm not terrified about people really knowing me and knowing who I am. He talks about walking freedom means that I can look in a mirror each morning and like the man that I see in that mirror. And I, I want to, I do, you know, I want to be And maybe 10 years ago, you know, I was not in deep sin and I wasn't doing anything illegal, immoral, unethical. But I just felt like I was putting up this performance for everybody, and I did. I didn't. I didn't want to have. I didn't want the next how many every years God gives me to be about a performance. I wanted to be able to able to see who I really was in my heart and life, and giving up the reality of I'm not going to be perfect, and, and being in laying down that. I can't live life in perfection, and um, one thing that's been really helpful for me in the last, probably in the last uh, four or five months, is you know we've we've talked about this these Aldelfos groups, and um, started walking with uh, just some guys that said, hey, we want to be people that are uh, support each other, we want to pray for each other, we want to be accountable for each, to each other, um, we we're going to walk in community with each other, and just be honest and transparent, and it's been phenomenal for me. Uh, it's Nate, Nate and, and Zach and Jay and Craig and um, Chris and I. We meet every Monday via WhatsApp, and we we're open and honest. We check in with each other out throughout the week and just say, "This is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. I'm doing great. I'm not doing great. Whatever it is, and some some things are you know we 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 share about. It, 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 but it's been great to see the hard issues and just being able to say, "This is what I'm struggling with." Knowing guys are going to be praying for me and um, walking in that his disposition. Been super valuable for me and um, just been a blessing to say I'm going to walk with a band of brothers and these guys are going to help me and realizing I'm not alone. I think the enemy just tries to isolate and say you're the only guy. you're the only person, you're the only this, you're only that and um, living authentically it, it frees you to say, I'm not the only one. And um, and walking in that. And I think when it's come to the, the, the third thing, Pat, when is when living authentically for me has been is is letting go of being self-reliant, which has been tough. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a hourly or minute minute journey, um, being self-reliant. And I think missions in the missions life when it comes to spiritual formation and coming back to that key point is we itinerate. And we raise our funds by ourselves. I mean, God help—that's that, somebody could spend that. But the reality of it is, I go out and itinerate. God provides that, but we're 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 going on our own, and we get this idea that I can make this happen. And I'm self-reliant and it's going to be about me. And then we get to the field and we're on a team or whatever. (laughs) We're supposed to live in community and it becomes tough. You know what I mean? Um, But the reality of it is I had to give up saying I'm going to be self-reliant. I need Nate in my life. I need Jay in my life. I need Chris in my life. I need Zach in my life. I need Craig in my life. I need those guys in my life. Um, I can't, I don't want to do this alone. I don't want to walk this journey alone. I need those guys in my life. And, um, and the, the level of transparency that I'm willing to share with them is the, the I set the ceiling on that. If I'm going to be honest and transparent with yeah. them, then they're going to be back. But if I sped it real low and I'm perfect and, and try to be like me, then it, there's not gonna be much transparency going on in there. And, um, Dr. Litchie said, I interviewed him on the podcast. He said, He shared, he said, you can get a friend or you can have a failure. The choice is yours. And um, I thought, man, that's a big statement. But he spent 30 years counseling missionaries and pastors. And for him, I'd take, you know, I mean, that's pretty, pretty wise. That's what he's done. He said, you know, I'm not saying a friend guarantees you from having a failure, but if you don't have one, you're going to have a failure. And, um, and that would just be, that's the, the thing about being um, authentic, authentic, has allowed me to say I got to be God reliant and I need to be relying on other people. I can't just do this on my own. And um, the Adelphus group has been phenomenal for me for that in the sense that I can say, I'm not doing this on my own. And those guys know and, uh, and uh, get to hear all my West Virginia stories. And um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that, that, that's what we were um, talking about being authentic, Pat, but I don't know if you want to go deeper on that or what your thoughts are on it.
1: Well, I really, I, i really like this because here we are we're, we're going back again to what we talked about at the at the top of the show yeah. uh the the tricks and the ploys of the enemy to uh disorient us and to sow seeds of doubt and yeah. uh keep us isolated and, and that narrative that goes through or uh that that we begin to believe and maybe even live out um and so the value the discipline of confession yeah. um, it's a lost art. It's a lost yeah. discipline. And so uh, I think this is great, Aaron. I, I really appreciate uh, anything else uh, that, you've, that you've learned in, in this I, can regard. I, can I tell
0: you one Africa story, confession? I think we've kind of given that up to the Catholics, um, but at the same time, or, or maybe that I'm not a theologian, but maybe not just Catholics, but there is something valuable with that, Pat. And man, if you carry, if I carry the, the authentic life has given for me that I don't have to, the longest I have to carry something is as long as I care that I have my typing on my WhatsApp phone. I give it to God. I'm honest with the guys and they hear about it and I don't have to carry it anymore. You know what I mean? And I, there's consequences. Yes. I'm not saying consequences, but it doesn't these secrets that bind us and hold us in. We were on the safari, um, uh in in Kenya and um this kind of the best illustration I got for this in an African illustration to put in context so we're we're on safari and we go out one day and, and and Jay Rastafr and I are good friends and really good friends Jay would do he's a phenomenal friend. And so but we're like brothers. And so he tells a story. I got to have a little bit better story. And he might tell a story. I got to have a little bit better story. And we're
1: we're what, like brothers.
0: We really are. What would
1: be um, if you weren't topping one another's stories?
0: Exactly. But, but he knows I can, he, he tells true stories. I exaggerate probably too much. And so he came back, he came back from the. you know, we're coming back telling her we saw this, you saw this, this, Well, he comes back and he says, you know, basically what they had seen was a mother gazelle all by herself. Um, is giving birth, and um, but there was a hyena, which I don't know too many African missionaries who love hyenas, and so the hyena had, had heard her giving birth, came up, and before that baby hit the ground, it was eating it as she was giving birth to it, chewing it up, and he said we could hear it crunching the bones of this baby gazelle. Never was able to take a, more than a few breaths, and it was gone. So fast forward to the next day, we get up the next day. And, um, we, we get out and we wanted to see the big five and we hadn't seen leopards yet. So we get out, you're driving out there in the morning and I can't see anything. I'm not a hunter and I I don't know what to really look for, but all we do is these kudu running down through this field in like a V formation running down through this field. And the guide's like, Hey, there's something there. There's something there. All I see is these horns and tall grass. You know, he's like, but there's something in there something. I said, you know, we're not looking for kudu. We're looking for leopard. He said, yeah, but those, those kudu are chasing something. And so as we got down to there, he was hundred percent right. I shouldn't have doubted him. And um, what was in, what it was, was there was a leopard that those kudus were, were chasing down and they chased this leopard up into a tree. And um, he said, there must be something going on. So we took our pictures as all, you know, Africa tourists do and take our pictures of the leopard, all this kind of stuff. And those kudu stood around that tree um, at the base of that tree. Now, and so the leopard was not coming down. We take our pictures, we go down, and here there was a mother kudu had given birth. Mm. See, that's the difference in living in isolation the day before. The gazelle gives birth, and the enemy comes and destroys it And in five five or six. Something that took her months inside of her belly to grow. Something that was life-giving was gone because she was isolated and by herself. The next day, the same thing happens, but because— It happened in a group, it happened in a team, in a family, they chased away the enemy and they were stronger together. And so to me, when I think of living authentically, it's saying, I don't want to be the the mother gazelle by myself. I want to be with the crowd and I want to be with the group. And when the enemy comes and he's going to come, I have friends and brothers that are going to help chase the, chase the enemy away. And they're not just going to chase the enemy away. They're going to stand with me and they're going to surround me in prayer, in, in physical support, whatever it is, so that we're stronger in the process. So anyway, that's a long answer to a short question, Pat.
1: So what I'm hearing you say, Aaron, is, uh, and as you listed off uh, the guys that are, that are in your group with you, yeah they're all over the continent. Yeah. Uh, so we can't say, well, uh, you know, I'm here in this city, in this country, <laughs> uh, on the backside of the desert all by myself. And there's not another, uh, missionary in my, my village or my community. Um, you guys have, you guys have, uh, broken that, um, uh, that isolationist uh, yeah. mentality or maybe something that's oftentimes offered up as an excuse. Uh, you're all, you guys are all over the continent, time changes, technology yeah. challenges.
0: You know, someone said Zach, Wave, Zach way, we were talking one day, he said, you quote this a lot. and unfortunately it's, it's not me who said it, but said, your actions demonstrate your beliefs a hundred percent of the time. And so if you really value authentic and you, authenticity and you really want to have a relationship your actions will follow that. You know what I mean? And so you'll do, you'll go across time zones. We're all busy. All of our guys, it's not like we're all sitting around with drinking uh, uh, drinks and doing nothing all day long and just waiting for a phone call. We're all engaged in either planting, nurturing, or partnering with national churches. But we've said for us to do that effectively, we're going to take an hour out of our Monday and um, we get together. And so it has been phenomenal, um, but you're right. It's different time zones, different contexts. The internet's not always working. The, there's 15 million things that can go wrong. Um, but at the same time, we've said, we want our actions to demonstrate our beliefs. And our beliefs are that we can't, that at least we can't do this by ourselves. We've tried it. We can't do this by ourselves. We're going to do this together. And we're going to demonstrate
1: that by, by showing up on Mondays. So
0: anyway, yeah, that's that's that.
1: Awesome. Um, So what would you suggest to anybody that's listening out there and they say, yeah, I want to be, a uh, to the guys or the ladies, say, yeah, I want to be, I desire that. This is, you know, it's really resonating with them. And um, what would be the first steps?
0: You know, I I think the first steps for me is one, you can obviously reach out to me or reach out to any of the guys that I I mentioned um, uh, or reach out to your area director, whoever you would like to, and we'd love to, to connect you. The other thing is you say, man, I don't know if I don't want to do that. That seems a little too formal for me. I think the other thing, Pat, has been really helpful for me is to find safe people. And I didn't know what the definition of safe people. So if you're going to live authentically, you need to be surrounded by safe people, right? So in that story of the illustration, the the mother, Kudu, was not surrounded by hyenas. She was surrounded by other Kudu, right? They were safe for her, you know what I mean? And so just a few things I've learned from Troy about safe people. One is they accept and love me unconditionally. They don't condone my actions, but they love me. They love me unconditionally. Two, they're comfortable with my humanity. If you're looking for somebody to live authentically with, you want them to be comfortable that you're not perfect. Um, And they're not expecting you to be perfect. And they're not, but at the same time, they're not minimizing your sin. Um, But they're saying they're going to be encouraged, you're going to be real, and they're going to walk The other third thing is, is they don't, safe people don't gossip about you. They don't tell sermon illustrations with your name and kind of change it. You know what I mean? They're not gossiping. And so safe people don't tell your story. It's not their story Mm -hmm. to share. That's another thing I learned from Mike Messner. We don't share other people's story. It's not my story to stare if you you can share your story, but I'm not going to do it. It's somebody else. And that's a safe person, um, safe guys in the group. We don't we don't try to fix each other's problems um, or, or offer solutions. We we listen, we encourage and we stand beside and we're with each other. Um, I think the fifth thing is um, we don't they don't need me to love them or they're not looking for my approval. They're not looking for pats on the back or affirmation. They're just saying, we're going to be a band of brothers. We're going to be together. Um, I think the safe people also understand that they're also not perfect. It's not just Aaron that's not perfect, but we're, you know, those guys understand that they're not perfect either. And we can walk in that. Um, You know, I would say something that characterizes each of those guys is they're humble and um, they're people, they're men of integrity and they they have high character, and that's you know when you're looking for to live authentically with somebody i would that would be something to be high on my list um, and I think they're they're looking more for the relationship than they're looking for advice or like i said solutions that's not why we get together is for solutions we're just looking to to say we're not going to do this life together and then the the last thing I would say is they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and um they're they're they're, they're modeling what it is to be, to be sensitive to a spirit. You know, we, we, we use WhatsApp to communicate and there's lots of times we share on WhatsApp and we, I've never been, oh, say this, Pat, I've never, when the Holy Spirit has asked me to contact somebody, call them, WhatsApp them, I've never regretted it. The times mm-hmm. I have regretted it are the when I didn't. You know what I mean? And so I think those guys in that group, they're, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, um, so anyway, the inverse of that would be the unsafe people, but that would be my encouragement. One, reach, if you'd like to reach out to, to one of us, be phenomenal. If you say, nah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Um, find safe people, you know what I mean? Find safe people and then walk with them and, um, and walk in that, walk in that, that process.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think uh, if anybody's interested, I think we could safely say through um, through team leaders and through area directors yeah. uh, and um, Africa House Care, um, we can put people in, yeah. uh, in contact with one another yeah. uh, so that we can live uh, authentic and, and transparent lives. Yeah. Um, Aaron, uh, another question for you. What have, and we've kind of... Uh, touched on this a little bit in the discussion, uh, but what have you learned about uh, failure and success during your time on the field?
0: Uh, one of the biggest lessons I think I think I've learned, Pat, is is I cannot control outcomes, and um, and my success in life is not about outcomes. My success in in what God has called me to do is not about outcomes. My success is in obedience and in being, not in the outcomes. God controls the outcomes. And we all want, well, I shouldn't say all, maybe me. I'm the only one that would want everything to be a success and to to care for all these people. And people come to Jesus and have the biggest, all these big, big things, big numbers. But I don't control that. And I think that's been a hard lesson for me. comes to spiritual formation, is that I don't control outcomes. God controls outcomes. And um, it's freeing, Pat. Um, It's Mm -hmm. been freeing. Because for a long time, I tried to control and manipulate and massage outcomes to make them look better than they really were, whether that was in a newsletter, whether that whatever it was, or maybe even my way I told stories, um, but I've learned that success is doing what God has called me to do, and being obedient in that. And who I am as a being—we are doers. I'm not saying we sit at home and just, uh, you know, meditate all day long. At the same time, I can't control outcomes, and I think during this time of COVID, it's we've just learned this lesson even further. You know, I don't control outcomes. I can't. I can't control things I don't control. And I think it had just led me to frustration um, when I tried to control things that I couldn't control. And looking in, you know, this day and age, we do so much with um, like the Enneagram, we, a disc and um, strength finders and whatever your flavor of those tests are, which are all really good. I think the other thing I've had to come back to is Pat, to come back to what are my spiritual giftings, and um, and, and what <laughs> and uh, what are my spiritual giftings? He's given each right when we we give our our life to Christ, He gives each of us spiritual gifting. Everyone is listening into this podcast. Your God has given you something, and it's unique. He didn't just give them out willy nilly and say, "Well, I'm gave a little bit of this here and a little bit of this there." No, specifically, He gave Pat spe- specific spiritual giftings for Pat. I can't do Pat's spiritual giftings. Pat does those spiritual giftings. Um, and, uh, and then I, um, you know, he gives me specific ones and to be honest and transparent, Pat, I've never told you this story. Um, and we can edit it out if you want me to edit it out. But um, I remember you came, you had, you have the gift of, I don't know what how you would find it, but I remember you came to Bamako, Mali and um, I was struggling. And you know, the idea about this faking and um, I was struggling, struggling, struggling and really was struggling, barely keeping my head above water. First term coming from Wagga to Bamako. And you gave a word in that meeting and the word was for me. The word was for me. And you, you stepped out and used the gifting that God has given you for the word for me. And I didn't have the courage to raise my hand. I didn't have the courage to come to you and say that that was for me. I was struggling and your basically word was, if you're here and you're struggling, you're not alone and and God sees you. He loves you. Can we pray for you? That was basically in a nutshell what you shared, and you were using the spiritual gifting that God gave you. And uh, I didn't have the courage to respond. And it has been one of the days, you know, I don't remember a lot about that time period in my life, but it was one of those days that um, you walked in what God had called you to do. And I didn't have the courage to respond. And so I extend my apology to you for that. I don't think I've ever told you that story, Um, but um, it was something that um, challenged me, but it made me do a lot of self-reflection that if I couldn't in a group of people that loved and cared for me, if I couldn't respond, what was I doing? And so, um, anyway, that's a a kind of a meandering uh, answer to your question. Um, but anyway, my apologies. And it's, uh, how many years later is that Poof, that would have been 2005, so 15 years later, but, um, we each have giftings Uh, and talents.
1: Well, praise the Lord, you know, that we don't stay uh, where we're at. Um, and that's the the value of what you've been talking about is self self-reflection i think earl krebs calls it sacred sacred reflection or sacred criticism or something like that but really just allowing the lens of the word and the holy spirit to speak to us and to move us um, from where we are and getting us closer uh to jesus and we can't do that on our own it has to be done in community um that is true. as we bring this to a close, do you have, uh, I'd like for you to share if you have any resources, so yep. most certainly, Africa House Care, uh, any resources. And then, if you would, please, would you just pray for us? Pray for our missionary team in Africa.
0: We'll do. You know, from if anything if anything I said today, if anything other than the personal stories, anything was good, I learned I like to read and like to listen. Um, so, jo- Joanna Weaver's book, um, a Mary Hart and a Martha World has been fascinating for me. And really enjoyed it. At least anything Lisa Turkhurst has been fascinating for me. People are probably thinking, "Why is a guy reading female author?"s Honestly, I find female authors very insightful and super valuable, and uh, I love to read female authors. Um, and I just read one, uh, Kara L. T. Murphy, uh, "The Inquisitive Christ." I'll put some. I'll put some list of resources. Um, we'll do that in the show notes, Pat, um, John Gordon. But uh, I love to listen, love to learn and, um, have just really found if, you know, actions demonstrate belief hundred percent of the time. If we really want to grow, we'll find the resources and would love to do that. Either, either that's via the, um, Africa house care or via the app. Um, but, um, yeah, we're glad to do that. Put in the show notes and, um, can I pray for us, Pat?
1: Yes, please. It's been great. Thanks, Aaron.
0: Heavenly father, I thank you for an opportunity today to share, um, how you've been patient with me. And how you've given me grace and mercy um, in my life. I thank you for people like Pat that have um, spoken to my life 15 years ago, given, following what God had put in his heart. And God, I thank you for his, uh, his leading, his, his discernment and his direction. Father, I thank you for his leadership. And Father I pray for anybody listening in for them to understand that God we don't have to be fakers. We don't have to be plastic fantastic. God we can be people that can be be can be live off authentically. God that we can we can understand that there's going to be conflict but we don't have to give in to the attacks of the enemy. God that there is spiritual warfare but God we do not have to be afraid because we we are in you. And God you win. You win. We know that, God. And we if we as we trust in you, you win. And God, I, I just pray for that. I pray for anybody that's listening in that maybe they they're, they itinerated on doing this, this, and this, and it's changed. They itinerated on, on controlling results, and they realized they can't control the results. God, our success is, God, is being the person you've called us to be, being where you've called us to be, following your call. And God, once again, we give results and outcomes, God, they're yours. And God, we trust you with that. And we have faith because you are a good, good father. Pray it all in the name of Jesus, the strong Son of God.